Welcome to the Becoming Titans podcast. I'm Russ Yeager, founder and CEO of Body Transformation University. I help busy business owners and executives get a beach-ready body without killing themselves in the gym hours every day, giving up the foods they love, or taking away time from their family or business. I believe putting your health first is the most important thing you can do to propel your business and financial success, ignite passion in your relationships, and to live a happier, more fulfilled life. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing inspirational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. What is up, guys? I am so, so excited personally about my guest today. He is the founder and CEO of the Black Buyer Hotel Group, Black Briar Advisors that's done, get this, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. The real estate division has managed over $2 billion, that's right, with a B, dollars in assets under management. He's a dad. He served in the Army. He is a fit, strong guy. Welcome to Becoming Titans, Stephen Nally. How you doing, brother? What's up, my man? Hey, thanks so much for coming on, man. So, you know, with Becoming Titans, I've talked to men who have had, you know, some success, but they're still not at their full potential, man. I mean, you've done hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, in revenue, um, you know, $2 billion in, in real estate assets. Like, what drives you to, to keep doing more? That's funny, man. I talk to a lot of people. A lot of people think it's money, but but money is not a motivation or a passion. Money's an outcome. I just I, I like starting something, going after something, catching something, and then and then building it. And, and all of these real estate ventures actually started off with acquiring something, and then there's this passion to develop it, maximize its potential. You know, buying distressed assets and and, and rehabbing them, meaning something that's broke, something that I feel like. A lot of people couldn't figure out, and that's where my expertise lies. And that's really the passion: is what's the next the next project? I, you know, I try to look at it in terms of like uh, Babe Ruth. You know, that first year that Babe Ruth hit 17 home runs, I think that was more than half the league combined. Uh, but he comes back the next season; he wants to hit as many as he can. I, I don't think it ever had to do with being the greatest power hitter of all time. I just think he liked hitting home runs. I, I like hitting home runs. You know. I love that. And so I have a question. Do you think entrepreneurs, do you think you were born an entrepreneur? And do you think you were born with this drive or did it come from sports? Did it come from, from the army? Where did it come from? I, I, in high school, I played sports. I played sports since I was, I guess, four or five. But here's a, a funny quick story. When I was in the fifth grade, I got in trouble in school because I used to get 50 cent for, uh, for lunch. That's what my parents would give me. I would stop by the store we lived about two miles from the school. I would stop by the store and buy candy. Candy was one cent each back then. And I would sell it for five cent a piece. I, I was making a 500% return on my allowance every single day, uh, which I, I don't know why I got in trouble because, uh, you know, I'm just trying to make a little bit of money. But I, I, I think that not only was, you know, I say my teacher didn't have a dean back then, the principal and my parents like shocked, but I remember my dad smiling at me on the way home. Now, I got in trouble, but I remember smiling at me like, how do you come up with that? But my mind was always working that way on how can I build something, man? I did everything from uh, started a landscaping company, you know, when I was in middle school, uh, not a very successful, by the way, but my, I was always trying to think, how can I build something? I always saw myself 
or related to the people that I saw on TV uh, that were managing something or running something. I, I wanted to build something. I wasn't quite sure what it was, but my mind was always working that way. I remember even in sports when we used to do bottle drives. I don't know how old you are, but back then you could turn in bottles for money. So if you were on a high school sports team, you would do bottle drives. You go all over town, collect bottles, and that's how you got your your, your sponsorship money per se. I I would spend months scheming up ways to maximize you know that effort, and I would be put in charge of the bottle drive because I'd be pre-soliciting people months ahead of time, saying, "Hey, we got a bottle drive coming up in October." Start putting those bottles to the side. I mean. I don't know. It's just always been something that's inside of me. Uh, it's always been a passion of mine. And and I love it. I, I couldn't see myself doing a nine to five job. I just I, I couldn't like that'd be putting a governor on me. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So I, I I remember the bottle drives. I'm 46. So I definitely remember oh, yeah. those. And so so you were how old were you when you're selling the candy? I was fifth grade. Was your was your dad an entrepreneur or a salesman? No. Uh, dad was in the army and then he worked for uh, a paper mill. So, yeah. no, my mother was a nurse. I mean, I, I don't know what it was. I, I And it's not something that happened where somebody said to me one day, hey, you got any candy? And I went, oh, yeah, people want candy. I, I, don't, I, I don't remember. I just remember vaguely walking to school one day going, man, I need to make some money. You know, and then walking to the store and buying that candy. Look, man, I was out of candy in the first 15 minutes that first day. The problem was is you can only hold so much candy in your pockets. I actually think I would have expanded to a $100 enterprise if I could have carried more candy, if I didn't have to do it discreetly. And I, I also remember getting in trouble because somebody else decided to sell candy for three cents a piece. You know, and I kind of turned into kind of junior mafia. Then like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This is my hallway. Like you, yeah. you, you and, and you're undercutting me. I even understood the fact that they were decreasing the value or undercutting my pricing even when I was in the fifth grade, like, whoa, hey, if you're going to sell it, man, you need to sell it for six cent or seven cent. Like, you can't come in here and cut me after I've already developed the market. I mean, it got to a point, it only lasted about a month, but it got to the point where literally I would show up five minutes before the bell rang, okay, and people are lined up like outside a crack house. It, it, it just, it was already, I, I say pre-sold, you know, but I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. You That's know? awesome, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not a, not a psychologist, but to me that, you know, not, not have that influence necessarily from your parents and to, to figure that out, you know, at, at a young age is, 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 you know, maybe you were born with a entrepreneur gene. It's funny too. We had a guy in my school that, that did the same thing. He sold candy, Jolly Ranchers. You want Jolly uh, Ranchers? He just walked yeah. Jolly Ranchers. And I mean, he, you know, he made a lot of money. And, and to me back then, I, I had no entrepreneur mindset. I mean, it's just like, this is how I can get candy and buy money. Like, and I, and I thought he was kind of weird, like, right. right. But looking back, he's probably the smartest guy, uh, you know, in the school. And and I didn't have any kind of, you know, I just thought entrepreneurs, business owners, it just kind of happened. You know, I was bought up with right. that just kind of normal. You go to school, you know, you get a job and I'd see people that were, you know, own businesses and had all, you know, the big houses and the pools and the jets. And I just thought, I literally, I just thought, I'm, I'm talking about this. I thought rich people were just rich. That's yeah. just how they, they were. And, and now knowing, you know, that it's not like that they've worked. I mean, I guess some people can get handed, you know, fortunes from, from their parents or whatever, but most people they've gone through a specific process. So Here's something, something I find funny and I, and I talk to people a lot, the, the people who initially get started, for the sole purpose of being rich, okay? In my opinion, fizzle out in about a year. The, the, the people that have that love the process, 
that 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 absolutely embrace even the negatives to the grind are the ones that end up making it big. Like you look at a guy like Bill Gates, and I'm using him for a specific example. This is a guy that I don't think sat around and dreamed about being rich. I think he sat around and dreamed about developing this application or this software. Like the process is what was driving him, not the I want to be the richest man that ever lived. And every friend that I've ever had that said, dude, I want to be rich, you know, they, they ended up with a nine to five, meaning you can't sustain that because that wealth is not going to come overnight. That wealth might not even come from one year. It might even come in five. I mean, if you don't love and embrace the process, you know, it's a lot like when you talk about fitness, you know, every single year around right before New Year's Eve, everybody says, that's it. I'm losing 15 pounds. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. They go buy the gear. They get the membership. They go to GNC. They hit the gym. And a week later, they're done, you know, because they need to embrace the process. If your mindset is not, you know, I love the workout. The physical work. I, I I love getting to the gym. I love doing the work. There's no way you can sustain that or get to the outcome because you got to love all of that. So to me, it's never been about money. And I've made a little bit of money, but it's never been about that. It's like I I count money after, but during it's it's the chase, it's the grind, it's the it's it's actually getting beat down too. It's actually, man, we screwed that up. Now we got to fix it. I love that too. I love the failures as much as I love the success. I agree, man. It's just like building a a great body, like building a a great business. You know, you got to stay in the game and you're going to get punched in the face over and over every day. And if you you don't have a bigger why than just making money, um, it's going to be too easy to crumble. You know, the number one thing I tell people say, you know, I want to when I won my body transformation contest at 27, almost 20 years ago, you know, I'm proud of that. The thing I'm more proud of, I've stayed in shape for 20 years. People ask me if it's a secret. That's it. That's the hard part. Consistency. And I wish I had a a, a more fun answer, but that's the freaking answer. So let's go. So we, we were talking before, I could go a lot of different directions with you, but you're a you know, super fit, you know, strong guy, um, how, you know, obviously that that's great for your health and your, your confidence, your relationships. I think people know your energy, people know that, but how do you believe, um, your, your fitness affects your business or does it? No, no, several things. Number one, let's start with stamina. You know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur and the people listening to this that are entrepreneurs or not, they'll understand you got to have some stamina, man. Like, I love it when people ask me, hey, walk me through your day. So so what, you're up at five in the morning? I said, man, I don't know. Some nights I don't sleep. Some days I sleep till 11. Sometimes I don't go to bed till 4 a.m. I mean, there, there are times if I'm out raising money, I might not sleep for three days. Well, if you're not in shape, you can't do that. I'm going to use a great example, Bobby Fischer. In my opinion, the greatest chess player of all time. Look at how much time he dedicated to fitness. And and at first, when I when I saw his documentary, I'm thinking, I don't see why you got to be fit to sit in a chair, but look at how long he was sitting in that chair. His mental or his physical was attached to his mental, you know? So he was all about being physically fit because he needed stamina. So if you're an entrepreneur, man, stamina is everything. That's the first thing. Second thing is confidence. I mean, you're dealing with people in a lot of cases that are smarter than you. Okay. They're more successful than you. You know, and and you got to have some confidence to walk in that room. And and to me, my thing has always been, you know, all right, you're smarter than me. You got more money than me, but you're not better prepared. Prepared. That's the key word. Talk about in my book. Not better prepared than me. Look at me. I prepare every day. So if I'm sitting across the table from somebody who is not fit, 
I don't know. I get the sense of confidence that they cannot work me. I'm looking at me. I'm looking at you. And I'm saying, you cannot work me. Look at me. Now, I know that's vain and, and all of that. And I'm not saying I say those things where I believe them. I'm saying in my mind, confidence comes from you can't outwork me. And, 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 and how I look and how I feel is living proof of that. I'll run circles around you. Like if this comes down to a bidding war, I already know you're taking off at four o'clock on Friday, not coming back till nine o'clock on Monday. I'm not I, I'm not sleeping this weekend. That That's how I'm going to outperform you. And I know because I do it in the gym every day, at least in my mind, in, in my mind, confidence. So those are the two things right there. Stamina and confidence. If you know that you're failing on that part of your life, and I'm huge on tripling down on your weaknesses. I hear people say, oh, you got to double down on your weaknesses and uh, delegate your or excuse me, double down on your strengths and delegate your weaknesses. And I'm like, what? No, no, no. You triple down on your weaknesses. So if I'm sitting there, I'm looking at a total package in my mind, like, all right, how are we doing today? Okay. We got this check. We got that check. We got that. Okay. Where are we at on this fitness and this faith thing? Okay. Well, man, I'm kind of sliding on the fitness thing. My, my confidence automatically begins to come down because I'm like, I'm not doing everything that I need to do. And everything is a, is a phase in life. And we can throw in family. You know, because we're all a lot of things, man. We're we're a, we're, we're a husband, or a husband, a wife, brother, sister, mother, father, son, daughter. You know, business executive, entrepreneur, friend. You know what I mean? There's all these titles that we have, but the trick is is to click on all of those, which is not easy, right? But to me, fitness comes number one because that's where my stamina and my confidence comes from. Um, and I get a win every day. That's a, that's a secret too. I get a win every single day. Nobody can deny me that win. Somebody can deny me a deal. You know, uh, a pandemic could happen. I can't do anything about that. But I get a win every single day, seven days a week when I work out. You know, all I have to do is hit my own goals and objectives, which I'm going to do every time. I get a win. I win every day. That's a guaranteed win for me. All I got to do is show up, you know? Guys, I, I do this podcast for for you guys, but I'm sitting here taking notes, and I am like, you guys can feel the energy coming through from Stephen, and you you know you you've got to have the passion, you've got to have that that heart, but without the physical um, health, um, you're not going to be able to sustain it, brother. I I love this man. I'm getting so much out of this. Um, I I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, I freaking love it. So I want to go one thing with you. So a lot of, you know, the guests that I have on, everybody's, you know, grossing at least a million dollars or more, you know, with their business, but you're at, you know, now into nine fit, not just eight figures, but nine figures, you know, hundreds of dollars or hundreds of millions of revenue. There's 31 and a half million small businesses in America, approximately 25 million of those have one person, um, you know, another 5 million uh, have 12 employees or less. So only 600,000 uh, have 13 or more uh, employees. And so you, I imagine you have to have hundreds of employees. I had 5,500 5, at one point. 5,500. So, yeah. so let's talk about scaling. How do you, you know, what, what's are the most important factors, you know, for somebody who listening, who has a, you know, seven figure and myself having a seven figure business moving towards eight figures. What do you, what do you believe are the most important factors to scale your business um, up to a, you know, a nine figure level? Well, I think probably the, the, the most, I say there are four things that you have to do to succeed in business. Number one, you got to buy it right. Number two, you got to finance it right. You got to market it right. And then you have to operate it right which is a very fundamental generic way of saying something, which I could spend three days uh, explaining my principles on that. But I think the most important thing is you have to surround yourself 
with like-minded people. People that, that believe, not, not fake buy into your vision, but believe in your vision. I say the concept that they're willing to die for it. Now, I don't really expect anybody to die for my business, but that's a philosophy that they're willing to die for it. You know, and I'm going to tell you this, it's going to take about two minutes. You know, when I go back to my days with the 10th as a light infantry squad leader, everybody around me was on the same page. We ate the same food, wore the same clothes, had the same mission, same, everybody was on the same page. When I transitioned to the civilian world and I came out of college and I started my first company, you know, I would interview people and they'd be, oh man, like, yeah, 24-7, 365, man, I haven't slept in 10 years. Hey, you ain't never met nobody can work as hard as me, but you find out in about two weeks that they're not like-minded people. You know, you're literally like, all right, we're not leaving until we figure this out. And they're like, come on, dude, it's, it, it's, it's 7 p.m., man. We've been at this for 30 minutes. I mean, the people that you will find in my organization, I am so proud of, okay? Because I have... After 20 years, I've managed to scale up, scale down, scale up to where I'm only left, you know, with a core group of people that are immediately around me uh, that are in it to win it. I mean, they think exactly like I do. I don't have to say, hey, guys, this is critical, meaning we can't pull off of this until we get to. I don't have to say that. It's just understood. Matter of fact, I could leave a table in which. My core group is sitting at, and I could disappear for three days and come back. And if the problem's not solved, they'll still be there. Meaning, I think you have to surround yourself with like kind people because I think as an entrepreneur, you know, you're shelling money out of your own pocket to get something, to make something work, right? It, it's a, uh, I heard a, another podcast that you had in person talking about having to bootstrap a lot. Well, that's true because you're trying to build something. If you got people around you that don't believe in what you believe in, that they're just in it for a job. There, you had no chance of succeeding. You're going to spend more time, you know, going against the grain, trying to herd people up and get them moving in the right direction. I think the the, the last thing that I think is, is critically important is you first got to know why you're doing what you're doing. You got to have a compelling reason why. And I think we were talking about this offline. If, if your concept is, man, I want to make a lot of money. I, I'm not happy making 60 grand a year at my job. I'm just going to go start a company so that I can make more money. Okay, you're doomed. If it's not in your heart, if you don't have that passion, man, what my, my dreams get me up in the morning. When I get up, it, it's funny. I, I don't get up and go, oh man, it's not. When I get up, I'm like, wow, another day, man. Hey, you know, what can I do right now to take this thing to the next level? What do I got to do today, man? And I talk about in my book, the wish and the, the, the uh, hope and the wish factor. People who aren't about it say, Things like, well, I hope I get this deal or I hope that it don't rain today. I hope I have the wish factor, man. I wish somebody would stop me from getting this deal. I wish somebody would try to take, you know, what's mine. I want competition. Like I said, man, maybe nobody's competing on this one. Like, man, I hope the whole world's competing on this. We're going to get a win today. So I think you have to have that, that wish factor, meaning I wish somebody would. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. But if you're transitioning to an entrepreneur world simply because you want to make more money, you're, you're going to be back at a nine to five pretty quickly. So you got to have, you got to have that passion. And notice I didn't say motivation. Motivation is crap. Motivation lasts for 15, 20 minutes, man. I'll tell you something, man. I'll put my boy Goggins on. All right. When I'm on the way to the gym, man, I'm up. I mean, literally I'm ready to kill somebody for about 15 minutes. But when that pain comes and we become uncomfortable, 
It's not motivation that pushes us through anymore. It's passion that drives us. That's when you find out how bad you really want it. And if you want to go in the business of selling widgets and you don't like widgets, that's it. You're done, bro. Yes. Passion and discipline, man. Dude, this is unbelievable. I came up with about five questions I want to ask you, but we're running out of time. So I'm going to ask you two more. What is your, Stephen, at this point, what's your big why? Oh my God, my kids. That's an easy one for me. My, my, my kids. I mean, I got one daughter that's getting ready to start college. I, I got another one that's in the 10th grade and I'm looking at them. Uh, I went to law school at 49 years old. I mean, I, I'm not saying for them, but you know, it's like showing them, let me, let me show you how easy this is, which it wasn't, but let me, let me show you this. Let dad lead by example and demonstrate to you. I've already got a doctorate. Watch me go get another one. Like see me, you know, lead by example. So, you know, I'm trying to build multiple things. I just started this thing with affordable housing where I'm trying to take hotels that are functionally obsolete and convert them uh, into micro apartments, you know, to solve the affordable housing crisis, not obviously by myself solve it, but to make a difference there. Uh, you know, that that's my why. My why is to demonstrate to my kids that once you reach a certain level, I mean, you, you have to start doing some things. You can't just sit around and bitch about what's going on in the world. I mean, you're going to have to get your hands in there. And we do what we do because we can. So if you have the mechanism, the the ability to make change, then you have a responsibility to make change. God has blessed me. So I, I would like to think that the reason that was is so that I in turn could do some some good deeds, you know, and I want my kids to see that, you know, that's what drives me. Bro, that's awesome. You have, I know the audience has gotten an incredible amount of value. Like guys, like share this episode out. Not if you got value, I know you got value. I want to thank you, you know, Stephen, personally, you've, you've inspired me. Like I'm freaking jacked up. I always talk about the people you spend your time with is, is it affects your, your mood affects your performance, affects your results. And just spending the last, you know, 30 minutes or so with you has, has stretched my mind and, and inspired me. So I appreciate you so much. So where can people uh, find out more about you? Where can they get the book? Uh, you can get the book anywhere, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. We were number one on the bestsellers list at Barnes and Noble uh, for print. Give us uh, the name month. one more time to make sure people got it. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Name book of the book. book. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Relentless Pursuit, The Foundation and Principles of Success. And one more thing. Got another book just came out yesterday, The Foundation and Principles of Mental Toughness. Uh, that'll be hitting bookstores in about a week. Uh, we're excited about that. You can find anything about me at uh, www.stevenalley.com. Uh, Blackbriar is blackbriarus.com. Uh, hit me up. Email me. Whatever. Guys. Go get both books today. Uh, share this podcast out. Support Stephen. And uh, yeah, man, I, I love this, this our time together so much. Uh, I'd love to have you back on. Like I said, I didn't get to finish uh, all of my questions, but thank you so much. Um, really appreciate you, bro. And uh, go go crush the day. I know you will. Yeah, Roger that. Rush Yeager here. Thanks so much for listening to the Becoming Titans podcast. If you're a successful business owner, entrepreneur, or executive, consider your company as having a true purpose and would like to be a guest on this program, please visit rushyeager.com forward slash apply. And hey, if you got value out of the interview today, I'd be so grateful if you simply would share it on your favorite social media platform. 
And if you know someone who would be a great guest for the show, tag them on social media to let them know about it and include hashtag Becoming Titans. I love seeing you guys' posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and really mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more about what I do, go to RussJager.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, all under my name. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome day, and we'll see you next time.